Joe Pags Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Hey, glad to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Lots going on, lots to get to, lots to talk about. Appreciate you stopping by. Bottom of this hour, it's going to be Cash Patel, the former um, chief of staff, Department of Defense, under then-President Donald Trump. We talk about a lot, especially this this groundbreaking news that Hillary Clinton is a big, fat, lying liar who, in fact, did not only know about this Russia collusion thing, but gave the okay. Now, we know that because suddenly the Wall Street Journal over the weekend said Hillary did it, but we've all known that before. Mueller found nothing, and in fact, he probably suppressed a lot because there was a lot of information that, in fact, Hillary Clinton was behind all that that entire time, wasting $30 million plus on an investigation that didn't have to happen. And this Durham report is turning out to, to really be fruitful. We'll talk about that with Cash. Also, January 6th, we talk about a new children's book that he has coming out on a Monday. That's a Motown Monday. Let's go. Carrie Lockheed, Chocolate Voice, how you doing? I'm okay. I agree, you certainly are. Polo making it happen. Sam in the hizzy. Junior Walker Shotgun, 1965. Junior Walker in the All-Stars on Motown Records. Tanner Saxophone Man. I think this is the first song he, that he sung in. That's him singing, too. Can you imagine living in a, in a state and just saying, just dragging the state? Just, they're just, I, I, this is the worst state to live in in the Union. So much so, I'd like to be the governor. <laughs> it just, that would be it, weird. Again, but... You know what I mean? <laughs> Nonsensical, right? I mean, if, if, you, if it's the worst place to live, I probably, if, let's say for work, Carrie, I, I was forced to live there. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have more than maybe a rental. Exactly. But, Why would you want to? But I mean, I'm thinking this person might own there. three different houses, no? So, At least two. And ran for governor, has still hasn't conceded to this date, and is running again, and is just dragging the state. I mean, just I, I don't understand it. I truly don't, because if it's so bad, my God, go live somewhere else. Now, uh, full disclosure here, I was on the treadmill today, you know, working it. Carol, I was working it. Mm-hmm. You're crushing it on the treadmill? Was well, not crushing it. No, no, no. No, don't, don't, don't add words. Don't, don't, no, no. I cannot crush. I could crush a treadmill because of how heavy I am. But no, <laughs> I, I did not, was not crushing it, but I was working it. Okay. On the treadmill, looked up, and, and a couple of things jumped out. And, and I, I should stop this. I don't know if I have to buy some blinders. You know how the, the racehorses have the blinders? Yeah, sure. Maybe I could buy some blinders. Because then I can only see like Fox or whatever I want to watch, oh, and not see the CNN TV. It's all there. It's all. Yeah. It's all of his glory. Yep. Yep. So I looked up, and there's Anna Cabrera, who's uh, uh, this this little CNN host. And I say little because either the guy standing next to her was seven feet tall, or she's very short. Um, and she's you know standing in front of some board that's showing Georgia, and the line on the bottom. Let me let me make sure I have this right. Because I posted it on Twitter, on Instagram, everywhere else. Um, I took a picture of it. It's a horrible picture because. 
for some reason, the screens turned out, they come out blue when you take a, a shot of the screen when you're at the gym or something. But I posted this, and let's see if I can see if I say this. Trump election lies. Okay. Um, I really, I can't, I can't see the rest of it. Something about, oh, loom over GOP primaries. Loom over key GOP primaries. Okay, Trump's election lies loom over key GOP primaries. That's that's the bottom, the lower third, and they're showing Georgia. Then they go to a soundbite with Stacey Abrams, who's just going on and on and on about how voter suppression is alive and well in Georgia. Now, you've got a full story on this. I want to get people's take on this because, again, she lives there. I think she's from there, wants to be the governor of there, but has a problem with there. Go ahead. From Fox News, Democratic gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams declared Saturday Georgia is, quote, the worst state in the country to live, despite owning at least two houses there. I'm running for governor because I know that we have to have a conversation about who we are in this state and what we want for each other and from each other, Abrams said. During a speech at the Gwinnett Democrats Bluetopia Gala in Norcross, according to audio posted by the Gwinnett Daily Post, I'm tired of hearing about how we're the best state in the country to do business when we are the worst state in the country to live, she said. Abrams acknowledged such a statement would be politicized and further explained that her state has lots of room for improvement on issues like mental health and incarceration. Let me contextualize, she said, we're, when you're number 48 for mental health, when we're number one for maternal mortality, when you have an incarceration rate that's on the rise and wages that aren't on the decline, then you are not the number one place to live. Georgia is capable of greatness, but we need greatness to be in our governor's office. We need someone who actually believes in bringing all of us in there together, she added. Abrams, who is worth over $3 million and as of last year owned at least two houses in Georgia, later doubled down on her worst state comment on Twitter, writing her Republican rival, Governor Brian Kemp, doesn't care about Georgians. Okay. How do you possibly talk your way out of it by saying, I don't want this to be politicized? She's running for governor. She ran for governor, has never conceded. She still says to this day that that race, that governor's race against Kemp was stolen from her because of voter suppression and because everybody's racist. So she's now saying it's the worst state, worst state in the country to live. I'm from New York originally and the crime is out of control in New York. I still love New York. I would never call it the worst state. I grew up in Florida, love Florida, would never call it the worst state. Lived in Michigan a long time, love Michigan, would never call it the worst state. Live in Texas now, love Texas, would never call it the worst state. I mean, where you live, where you choose to live, where you choose to own, she's, she's got three houses in Georgia alone. She's worth $3 million. It's so horrible there that she's rich, she's a millionaire, multiple millionaire, owns a bunch of houses, yet still is dragging on the state. Why would anybody, this is, listen, we're, we're on live in Rome, Georgia. Other people are watching and listening from Georgia right now. I want to know why you would ever cast your vote for a person who just dragged your state and said it's the worst out of 50. I just, I just want to know. What is she thinking? And then the, the constant droning on about voter suppression. Stacey Abrams, for those who don't know, is a black woman. I would love for anybody who's got any journalistic integrity at all to walk up to her and ask her to see if she's got a driver's license. I'm guessing she does. 
because driver's license are not something foreign to black people. Every black person I've ever known, and I went to a high school that was predominantly black, they've all had driver's licenses as soon as they can get them, just like I did. This, this racism of completely under-expecting somebody to achieve is horrible. What do they call it? The racism of lower expectations. It's exactly what it is. We expect to believe Stacey Abrams, who's black, that black people can't get a license, therefore it's voter suppression. In fact, if you watch 2,000 Mules, they proved pretty clearly that not only isn't there voter suppression in Georgia, but for the runoffs for Senate, U.S. Senate, they say and they show evidence that those ballot boxes were stuffed by mules. And that's why the two Democrats won. But again, always accuse the other side of what it is you, you yourself are doing. This way you could try to project it and, get, and deflect it and get it away from you. Stacey Abrams is not some, stu- some super, superstar in the Democrat Party. She's not. She's somebody who somehow moved herself up in the ranks and got herself in a position to almost win the governor's office with the help of Obama and Oprah and others. And Brian Kemp is not, is not a winner. I mean, he won, but he's, he's, not, he's not the greatest choice for governor either. And I know that Trump is now backing Purdue, which might splinter the, you know, the election, to be honest. But at the end of the day, Kemp, as bad as he is, because he could have done better after the election fraud claims, is still exponentially better than Stacey Abrams. And I will bet you any amount of money that he would never say that Georgia is the worst state in which to live. Dude, I don't care if you're the farthest liberal, radical, leftist you could ever be. If you're in Georgia, just that she said that should tell you to never cast your vote for her. Your thoughts on this, a politician coming out and actually ragging on her own stage, uh, on her own state. I just, I just want to know if this somehow is endearing. Now, for her to come out and say, look, we're doing really badly in education, I want to fix that. We're doing really badly in housing, I want to fix that. Doing really badly in crime, I want to fix that. Doing very badly in criminal justice reform, I want to fix that. Okay, I hear you. Carrie, she said the words. It's the it's the worst state to live in, right? She did, yes. Just want to make sure I'm not missing anything. Mm, nope. All right. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Scroll down if you want to send me an email. Simple question. If somebody running to be the governor of your state says your state is the worst state to live in, would you vote for him or her? Keep it here. Coming back. This is the Joe Pags Show. got uh, Cash Patel, bottom of the hour. He is the former chief of staff over the Department of, of Defense under Trump. We also have Cray News with Kay on a Monday. That'll be hour number three. Make sure you stick around for that as well. We do appreciate you. All right, so uh, Stacey Abrams, by the way, um, I was educated during the break. She's not from Georgia. She's from Wisconsin and uh, moved to Georgia. So that that's also interesting. Go your ass back to Wisconsin if you don't like Georgia. Not that I have a problem with Wisconsin. I'm not bestowing that upon you, Wisconsin. We love you too. But, um, I mean, why would you complain about the place that you think that you can run? And remember, the left is in the bag for Stacey Abrams. Remember, what was it? Some Paula, was it a Star Trek movie recently that she was the president of the globe? 
She came out in some production recently. Carrie, remember us talking about this? Must be about a I month ago. I don't remember what it was. Uh, let me look. I feel like it's a Star Trek. I think it might have been a Star Trek series. Probably. And they presented her as the president of the world. Sam, do you, is, is yeah, that what it was? Star I think Trek it was. Discovery. Yes. Come season on, Season four. Yeah. So, I mean, this is them saying, okay, this person should be the president. It's not unlike Zelensky, I'll be honest with you, who was playing the president on some series on television, and now he's the president of Ukraine, who just got $40 billion of our dollars as he's handing over part of Ukraine to, to Russia. It's all very strange. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this if you can picture it, if you can see it, then maybe you'll believe it, is, is what I think that we're getting here. And that's just, I mean, it's not the way it should work. But Stacey Abrams says the, the oddest, just the craziest things, man. And people would vote for that? I got. I have to go to the phone lines. I have to know if people would vote for somebody. 888-941-7247. I come to your state. Okay, I'm not from, let's say, I'm going to show up in Wisconsin, where Stacey Abrams is from. And I'm going to run for governor. I'm going to say, man, your state sucks. <laughs> what? Is that a problem? <laughs> well, yes. Unless maybe you're, you're couching it with, yeah, it's been really horrible under Kemp, but I'm going to make it better if you vote for me. Nope. What a sucky state. That's that's what you're getting today. <laughs> okay. And, and, and she thinks she's going to get votes. And if she doesn't get votes, she's going to call it racism. And, and she's going she's gonna to say somebody stole the vote or people are being disenfranchised. Carrie, have you ever heard anybody who claims voter suppression explain what it is hmm. that's suppressing the vote? Mm, no. They just say it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we passed a voter suppression law in Texas, passed a voter suppression law in... Um, in Georgia, oh, okay. Well, what happened? Well, they changed the laws. It's gonna make it harder for um, you know, for black and brown people and for women and old people to vote. Oh, really? What law specifically says that black or brown or women or young people or old people can't vote? Just, just tell me the specific law that was passed that does that. Because Stacey, again, I don't, I, I know I mentioned this earlier, but for the sake of discussion, happens to be black. Did Stacey Abrams vote when she ran for governor? Do you think she voted? I'm going to say, yeah. Get out of here. So you're yeah. saying she was able to vote for herself, mm-hmm. but she doesn't think that other people can vote in similar elections? What, what, what am I missing? <laughs> Got to be, I'm, I, I must be, maybe I fell asleep when the voter suppression laws were put in place. Now, Back in the day, the Democrats would do all sorts of poll taxes. You had to pay money if you wanted to vote over here, or they would move the election machine uh, from one place to another so that people wouldn't know where it was. They would literally try to stop people of color, black or brown or whatever, from going and voting. They just wanted white people to vote. And a lot of them only wanted men to vote. Those were all the Democrats. That's what their policies were. So the Voting Rights Act of 1965 came along to fix that. The Civil Rights Act of 1964 came along to fix that. Yet for some reason, in 2022... And she complained about it in 2018. Stacey Abrams wants me to believe that there are people passing laws to stop black or Hispanic or Asian or fill in the blank other than white people from voting. Yet, if I say, show me how this stops black people from voting, there really isn't a good answer. Now, she's smart. She's a lawyer. She's smart. She, she, I've seen her do interviews where she makes up some crap about how, well, the percentage of black people that vote when these laws aren't in place is this, and the percentage of black people that vote when these laws are in place are that. I mean, so she tries to, to say, well, we've got proof. You don't have any proof. And if you're black or Hispanic or other than white, do you not know how to get a driver's license? If I say, show me your ID to vote, can you, can you not? 
Had a funny email from Tim. I was talking about Whoopi mm-hmm. telling the Archbishop what his duty was and what it was. And that's yeah. not your job, dude. Call the Archbishop, dude. I know. Call him that to his face, Whoopi. Tough lady. Um, Tim wrote me. He said, you're wrong. The, uh, the subject line is, you're wrong. Three oh, exclamations. Oh, lovely. Whoopi is qualified. She played a nun. That's true. I did not remember <laughs> in Sister Act. Right. She was a nun. Yeah. What and I, a sequel, which, too, I think. Hello, yeah. Sister yeah. Act 2. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it Sister Act 2, the something? Wasn't there a something after that? I didn't. I don't know. I didn't watch the sequel. Paul, wasn't there a something? I think it was Back in the Habit. There you go. Back in the Habit, something like that. So, um, yeah, that's true. Whoopi Goldberg, I forgot, Mm. is in fact an expert. So she is qualified then. She knows. She knows what the Archbishop can and cannot do. Well, the the Archbishop probably should have asked her first. Well, the Archbishop probably should have said, hey, listen, have you got a minute? That's where he went wrong. I'm the Archbishop, and I'm not really clear on what it is I'm supposed to do in my job. Right. (laughs) I really like the guy who called in, though, who said, you know, he's not trying to kick her out. He's trying to get her to change her ways, Mm -hmm. which isn't going to happen. All right. So, again, in your state, whatever state you happen to be in, we're on in every state now. I believe every state. If not, we're close to it. If, in fact, somebody came there, ran for governor, and said, our state is the pits, and we suck, and I really want to be the leader of it. What would you think about that? 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247. Let me go to Gary in Wisconsin. Gary, we're sending her back, Gary. We're sending her back to Wisconsin. Thank you. Yeah, I don't think she should be able to run. I don't think that uh, uh, sh- there should be a rule, actually, that you have to live there for five years, in my opinion. Well, I mean, she's been here for at least, she's been in Georgia for at least four. She ran in 18. Yeah, like I said, that's the cutoff, five years. You don't really know what's going on in the state until you've you've been there a while. I just recently moved to Wisconsin and I'm still learning things. Well, Gary, if I were to move to Wisconsin and and run for governor and I I got on my, on my, my soapbox and said, man, this state really sucks, why don't you make me the governor? What do you think? No votes, no votes for me, that's for sure. It's just, I mean, there's no reason to even talk about it anymore. Carrie, what else can anybody say about that? I don't know. I don't. I don't yeah, think. I'm not going. I'm, I'm not. You might. You might vote Abbott. You might vote Beth, though. I'm not asking you. But if one of them said our state really sucks, <laughs> would you vote for him? Probably not. No. Paul, does that person get your vote? No. Sam. No. What's wrong with you people? Come on, that's right. We can suck together. Make me the the governor. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't understand, and, and she's going to be angry when she loses again, and she's going to lie about how it got stolen and voter suppression and racism. racism. That somehow stopped her from getting the governor's office. But the fact is, Stacy, if you're listening, she probably is. If you're listening, you're a horrible candidate, and you can't say that your state sucks. It would be like me going on the air and saying my company or these stations suck. Why would anybody want to leave me on? They yeah, wouldn't. Don't do that. Mm-mm. No, I'm not going to do that. In fact, we keep adding stations. And Tallahassee, how are you? We're on in Tallahassee now. So at the end of the day, if you want something from a company, you walk into the company and say, hey, listen, I'd like to like to be the boss or the CEO. What a sucky company. Who's in? The answer is no. Nobody is. Keep it here. Cash Patel coming uh, right around the corner. The former Chief of Staff, Department of Defense under Trump. We, we break down the Hillary Clinton stuff like you haven't heard before. Keep it here. This is the Joe Pegg Show.
Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Always a pleasure to have this guy back. He's the former chief of staff over the Department of Defense. And, uh, and he's also, he's a great author now. He's got a new book out. And go to his website, fightwithcash.com. It's Cash Patel. Cash, how are you? Good to see you. Hey, Joe. Great to be back on the show. Thanks so much. It's always a pleasure to have you. First and foremost, we're on Truth Social now. And people are starting to go nuts because you can get it on the web now. TruthSocial.com. I got cash. What, what is, what's the secret sauce? You've got 300-something thousand followers on Truth. I've got like 38 or something. And I feel pretty good about that. Are people starting to flood to the website? No, look. You guys are the social media gurus. I'm, it's the only social media platform I'm actually on. Right. And that's because now I can publicly tell people I'm on the board of directors for TMTG. So I'm a right. little biased, you know, with my former bosses collectively running and owning Truth Social. Right. But I think I think what people are taken to is the fact that it actually is a freedom of speech platform. And the fact that Elon Musk is doing our uh, work over at Twitter by right. annihilating them is just is just so much better and yeah i'm cranking out stuff at cash all day long as are you we're having fun people are engaged that's the difference there's human beings on truth social no we're, we're, no we're actually seeing engagement that's absolutely true um uh, when i do an interview with like rudy giuliani and i put it up on on the other sites it gets 20 retweets it gets yeah. maybe 100 of this uh, nobody at facebook sees it at all as they're squashing everything i do over on truth it's got 12 15 thousand people who are retruthing it and who are actually commenting on it. So we're getting a real engagement. Hope everybody will go to truthsocial.com. Follow at cash, K-A-S-H, when you go there. You've got a new book out. It's called The Plot Against the King, and I want to get to, into that in earnest in a minute. But I have to go to, to what we're finding out now. And the Wall Street Journal over the weekend just, just said it. Hillary Clinton did it. Hillary yeah. did it, and, and, and we listen, you and I knew this. Everybody going in knew that that three-year you know, investigation was bogus. 30-some-odd million dollars spent by, by the Mueller report to, to, to investigate nothing. We now know, Cash, this is almost undeniable. I guess they'll continue to try to, to deny it, that Hillary Clinton's campaign set up with some digital people to make it look like Trump had a relationship with a bank in Russia that he had no relationship with. And it's all coming out because Robbie Mook is being squeezed. Tell me what you thought as this started coming out. Of course, you knew this stuff already, but now everybody has to admit it. No, you're right. And look, thanks to your great reporting and you know, being a guy who has you know journalistic integrity, thanks. you've covered this relentlessly. And you got hammered for it because it ran contrary to the political narrative that the mainstream media, yes. you know, finally, the Wall Street Journal came around and reported on it. But I remind our audience when I was running the investigation, Russiagate investigation from Chairman Nunes, those guys weren't on our side. They weren't on the side of the truth. They were as political as the rest of them. So, you know, I'm not going to exactly congratulate them, but OK, finally. Well, no, I mean, uh, I'm not congratulating them. I'm, I'm sort of, yeah. you know, uh, finally saying to for our side, listen, yeah. the truth always has to come out in the end. It's almost like Hunter Biden's laptop. I didn't need mm -hmm. the New York Times to tell me that it was real. I knew it was real. I saw it you know, when Rudy first got it. So, so what does this do now for the political landscape? Well, people on the left, just remember, you and I talked about this before. Had those who were voting for Biden known about Hunter's laptop, 10% would not have voted for Biden and, and Trump would have won easily. So what does this do going into the midterms knowing that Hillary Clinton is the person behind it and all sides have to admit it? No, you're right. And I think it, I mean, we were already on our way to winning the House back, and right. I think now this solidifies the Senate. And it's like you said, Robbie Mook, just to remind everybody, Hillary Clinton's campaign manager testified in the trial of Michael Sussman, not for the prosecution in John Durham, right. but for the defense, and comes into federal court under oath and says, what? Oh, yeah, my boss, Hillary Clinton, knew about it, paid for it, told us to go to the media and leak about it, and not just the Alpha Bank stuff. Okay, yeah, we already covered the Steele dossier nonsense. He was boxed in because of the deposition transcripts that I took of Mook and Sussman and Elias and others, Fusion GPS, right. five years ago. All those transcripts 
are out there for everybody on DurhamWatch.com. They're free, literally. Go read them. That's why Robbie Mook testified the way he did. They can't run away from sworn testimony anymore now that John Durham's taken them to federal court. And I think it's just going to get better for more of the truth to finally be covered by more outlets. It's Cash Patel. Fight with Cash.com and Cash is K-A-S-H. That's his website. If you've got, you feel like you're being squeezed on social media, if you have a case, he's going to listen to you and he'll fight along with you if there's something there. You also have a book coming out called The Plot Against the King. And again, I want to get into that in earnest, but I, I don't want to leave this alone yet. Robbie Mook was not some freaking apprentice. He wasn't some intern. This is the campaign manager who was sending Sullivan out, the guy who's now the NSA guy, sending him out to all the networks to say, we have def- definitive digital proof through fingerprints digitally that the Trump campaign is in collusion with Russia. He went on show after show after show. Cash, uh-huh. this guy's running our national security uh, agency? Really? Is that really what's going on? Well, look, I've always said I believe Jake Sullivan should be prosecuted for lying to Congress, lying to me when he swore under oath that the information that we were talking about, the Hillary Clinton campaign, uh, he had said, oh, we don't know anything about that nonsense. And I think he got caught. And wouldn't it be ironic, Joe, if the current national security advisor, the president of the United States, he was a national security advisor that got charged for actually committing a crime versus what they made up for Michael Flynn? Wouldn't that be the irony of ironies? And that guy's transcript is public. The whole world can see it. The fact that Hillary Clinton's top two people, Mook and Sullivan, have taken her down. I mean, I think this Mook guy is probably not coming back from his vacation anytime soon. But this is this is what's forcing the mainstream media to pay attention, because it's like you said, Sullivan went out the next day and said, oh, wow, look at this nice surprise in the media. Donald Trump colluding with Russians. What he forgot to tell the world was he paid for it. His boss authorized it. They knew it was lies and they fed it to the FBI and the media at the same time to unlawfully surveil Trump and get him politically hijacked by the media. And it's just a corrupt, like you said, how is this guy advising our president about the most important national security issues of the day? It is a travesty. Patel, former DOD chief of staff and uh, and also uh, w- was involved with Devin Nunes in making sure the truth comes out. But why does it take six years, Cash? Why does it take six years? They almost got away with it. I mean, had, had um, Hillary Clinton won, we never would have heard about any of this, would we? No, never. I mean, literally, Devin would have, wouldn't have taken charge and he wouldn't have hired me and we wouldn't have done the Nunes memo and showed out where the money came from and that the FBI and DOJ and Bruce Orr and all these people got got together to basically take down a president. Never. And it takes long because, look, we didn't have the right uh, attorney generals in place for a while. Yep. We finally got Durham in place. And it takes a long time to put together the largest criminal conspiracy in American history. And I'm telling you that as a former prosecutor, it takes years. And this guy's on year two. And that's why I think he's got more indictments coming this summer. I mean, just stay tuned. It's getting hot. It's about to get fun. Yeah, but, uh, but Cash, I've got to ask you, with this administration in place, with this DOJ in place, can they harm his investigation? They're not, I mean, they, they can clearly, the people that are still in the, in the swamp inside uh, of the yeah. FBI in the upper ranks and in the DOJ, they can sort of slow foot it, can't they? I mean, are they, are they already hurting his investigation or is he completely independent where he's going to get what he needs? He's basically independent. That's the whole purpose of the special counsel statute. Yeah. It's because the DOJ is in, in, in able or unable to do this investigation. And by the way, I remind the, you know, the viewers, he has three federal indictments, one federal conviction already lodged right. and two indictments going. No federal judge in America is going to permit his investigation to be shut down. In fact, a federal judge would have to come in on the side of John Durham 
if the DOJ said, oh, we're going to cut off funding or something like that, they can't do that. He's already launched the indictments. He has multiple grand juries, and he's already told the world he has a joint venture conspiracy going against Clinton world and the corrupt cops at the FBI. So a lot more coming. It's Cash Patel. Make sure you go to fightwithcash.com. Um, did you see 2000 Mules? Have you seen that movie? I haven't seen it yet. I've been running around like crazy. Yeah, I was at the premiere at Mar-a-Lago. I was hoping to run into you. Um, Incredible. I mean, it really does expose exactly what happened Mm -hmm. with the mail-in balloting. We all knew, I mean, Jimmy Carter said back in the day, and he's not on our side at all, that (laughs) mail-in balloting is fraught with fraud. You really can't do that because you can't track it. And now we have really good evidence that, uh, you know, everybody admits there was fraud, but was there enough fraud to overturn the election? This movie makes a very good case that there could have been. Will anything ever happen with that, or do we have to look forward to making sure there's this coming November and then in 2024 we can't can we go back in your mind and do anything uh, in regards to 2020 let's say we find out there was enough fraud can we do anything now, I don't think legally there's no like there's no maneuver to place Donald Trump back in power but yeah. what I what, what I use this for is an example of how people need to be educated on voting is not a federal issue the federal government can't do anything about it that's why the state attorney general's positions are so important the state secretaries of state positions that why the the, the election cycle coming up isn't just important for congressmen and senators yeah. we got to elect state ags in pennsylvania wisconsin georgia that are going to fix the state voting system that's how it's done eliminate mail-in balloting now people are starting to realize that there was corruption and hopefully that'll drive them to to appoint the right elected officials to knock out mailing battling and fraud and all these other things. Yeah, it, what's interesting is that these uh, these legislatures all rolled over when constitutionally it's up to them. They allowed uh, these secretaries of state, they allowed these governors to make these new rules and allow these private you know uh, drop boxes that were funded, many of them, by Zuckerberg. It made no sense. Hopefully yeah. they will get a backbone and do something right. It's Cash Patel. Let's talk about the book, The Plot Against the King. And do they go to the website, theplotagainsttheking.com? Is that where they get it? Yeah, theplotagainsttheking.com. Look, Joe, we thought... The Russiagate scandal is the biggest political, cor- criminal, corrupt scandal in U.S. history. Right. Well, why should it only be for adults? Why shouldn't we educate our youth, not it. on the politics of it, but on just the the might, the the the, the need to do whatever's necessary to find the truth? And so we set a fantastical tale with the MAGA king Donald Trump. We've got how he took on Keeper Comey and Hillary Quinton and a shifty knight, and then you've got <laughs> characters like Devin as a knight and myself as a wizard nice. who literally go on a quest for a truth. The book has brilliant artwork in there. It's fun for adults and kids. There is no reason that CRT should not stand for children's reading time, and it should start with theplotagainsttheking.com because our youth is going to be our leaders in the future, and they have to learn the importance of what happened uh, to the generation ahead of them so it doesn't happen when they're in charge. So it's theplotagainsttheking.com. Yeah. Love your audience to go and buy it. Well, I want them to go and buy it, theplotagainsttheking.com, because my audience specifically knows that the public school education can be a whole lot better than it is. And there's a lot of indoctrination going on, and nobody but nobody in our school system, especially not in the university and college system, they're not going to learn about the truth about this unless somebody spells it out. And for somebody who is like a preteen, this sounds wonderful to me because it really does teach them that bad actors do bad things to good people that are trying to do good things. Mm -hmm. And I think it's in a a way that they can understand that. Theplotagainsttheking.com, go to that website. Is it out now? Yep, it just came out this past week, so it's out. Go get your copy, put it in schools, get your churches going, fire them up. 
We need it. Uh, go and get the copy and at least read it to your kids because, again, what's happening in schools, listen, I think teachers by and large are very, very good people, but there are some school systems that are going above and beyond. And we're now finding out because of what DeSantis did in Florida that school systems really are indoctrinating kids with far-left radical ideology. We have to counterbalance it at least with the truth, and I love that you did this. The plot against the king.com, go and get that book. You know I've got to circle back to January 6th because yeah. the president said it. Um, many, many times since then, you said it on my show, you, you absolutely, you, you bet anybody any amount of money to prove you wrong that tens of thousands of National Guard troops were offered, but they were turned down. Cash, why do you think, in your heart of hearts, because you've got the, the paper trail, you've got the memos that prove it, why do you think the media thinks they can get away with lying and saying that Trump is lying about this? For the same reason they thought they could get away with lying about Russiagate, for the same reason they thought they could get away with lying about Ukraine impeachment fiasco or um, you know information regarding Afghanistan. They come up with one political narrative after the next as long as it takes out Donald Trump, and they do it when they know it's information they need to fabricate. January 6th is no different. They did not have the actual facts to support their narrative on January 6th. So what do they do, Joe? They lie about it. They make it up and say, well, the mainstream media is going to cover this anyway. So it doesn't really matter that Donald Trump two days before with me in the Oval Office as chief of staff of the Department of Defense got the requisite authorization from the commander in chief, which the law requires. Then we went to Nancy Pelosi and we went to Mayor Bowser because the law requires them to ask for the National Guard right. before I could deploy my troops in country. That's the law, period. And they both said no. Mayor Bowser put it in writing that they said no. The Capitol Police has testified that they said no 48 hours before. Had they taken us up on President Trump's author of 10,000 troops, nobody would have gotten anywhere near the Capitol. On of course January not. And, and, and the thing, Cash, is that, I mean, Twitter, before Elon Musk got involved, would, would actually make a trend every day. There is no proof that Trump offered a National Guard troops to the Capitol Police. Why did they get away with it? And, and I know that you're saying that they're all colluding and they're all on the same side, and I agree with you. But at some point, if you've got the memo, Cash Patel, the guy that worked at the DOD, has the memo saying the president authorized this, and these entities that run it and could have accepted this offer turned it down. How do they, with a straight face, is it because they know that a percentage will believe them, even though you yeah. know you've got the proof to, to dispel it? Yeah, and it's not just I have the proof. I gave it to the January 6th committee. So they have it. I told them. I said, here's the Department of Defense memo signed off on by the Secretary of Defense, the Chairman of Defense, myself, the Secretary of the Army, and a whole slew of other people. What do you think? We're all lying about this? There was five people in the Oval Office that day that heard what the president said and took his order on his authorization for National Guard's uh, men and women. So the January 6th committee didn't want it. That's a continuation of their political narrative. They they spent more time talking to me about Afghanistan, Somalia, and conversations I had with President Trump about pasta than they did about the January 6th events. And I've been demanding my transcript be released over and over and over again so America can see how much money is going into this political charade that they're running on Capitol Hill. And by the way, I noticed that you're not locked up, so you didn't fabricate these memos. They have to be real. Um, (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, you'd be in big trouble if you made this thing up. So obviously it's true. Um, One last quick question, Cash, because I know you got to go, and I appreciate you always giving me the time. It's Cash Patel. Go and follow him at Cash on Truth Social. Get this book, The Plot Against the King. Go to theplotagainstthekeng.com, a fantastical children's book that really does outline how bad people do bad things and good people have to uh, to uphold uh, uh, goodness and what's best for the country in the face of that. But but one last thing from you, it, it, it's got to be, as we go forward in this country, as we're heading towards uh, the, the midterm here in, in 2022, 
Mm-hmm. You've got people that are that are that are uh, they're they're flagging you and me as ultra mega, mega's bad, <laughs> dark mega. As we know, the weakness of the left is definitive. But we're starting to hear people like Mike Pence come out against the MAGA movement. You're starting to hear people, you know, who allegedly are Republicans who now, well, I'm not really sure that America first is the right way. Well, because of what happened in Buffalo, we can't say America first. That sounds supremacist. What do you say to people who are afraid that as much as it looks like we have the momentum, that can be that can be knocked off rail if, we, if we're not careful here? Do we have to respond to Joe Biden making ultra MAGA a bad thing? No, we have to absorb it and take it head on like Donald Trump did and say, thanks for the greatest advertising on God's green earth for free, by the way, which is also what Elon Musk is doing over at Twitter. We have to capitalize on these momentous occasions, these gifts that are given to us, like the gifts that Robbie Mook gave the world in court during the Sussman trial and take them and 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 hold them because we are ultra mega. We are America first. We're never going to apologize for that. You and I don't take a knee. Your audience doesn't say, uh, you know, doesn't attack law enforcement. They want border security. They want the opioid crisis taken head on. They want American prowess on the global stage. And that doesn't happen unless you have a commander in chief like Donald Trump. So I'm never I know you won't and I won't never going to shy away from the ultra mega movement. Maybe I'll put up ultra mega on Truth Social and be like (laughs) cash. Ultra Patel. I don't know. Why not? That would be great. Uh, go and follow him at cashandtruthsocial.com. Get this book, The Plot Against the King, theplotagainstthekeng.com. It's Cash Patel, the former chief of staff of the DOD. Cash, thanks a million for, for how much you love the country, and come back again soon. I will. Thanks, Joe. Have a good one. Hi, brother. Thanks. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is The Joe Pegg Show. I appreciate you taking the time. Always nice to have the former chief of staff of the Department of Defense. Cash Patel does not pull any punches. The man knows what he's talking about. He's got the verified fact and the proof that the National Guard was offered to Nancy Pelosi into the Capitol Police and to Washington, D.C. They turned it down. They had the opportunity to stop what happened on January 6th. But you start to wonder, are they kind of okay with, with what happened on January 6th? Because the end result was the challenges to the election and to the electors and to the delegates. Those were all stopped. It's kind of a big deal. So um, love hearing from him. Get his children's book that's out there. Make sure that you um, you also keep track of what's happening with Hillary Clinton and how that affects what's going to happen this coming November. Keep it here. Much more to come. This is the Joe Pegg Show.